Hey, worship leader, is it about your position or is it about your people? This is the Worship Team Training Podcast with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, welcome, worship teams. Glad to have you back. Thanks for coming in. Welcome to our Wednesday, new Wednesday show here, Worship Team Training. How are you guys? How's everybody? We hope that you are off to a great midweek. we got rehearsal coming up for today and a lot of things happening. So, hey, thanks for joining us. If you guys would, go ahead and take the time to swipe and invite over Instagram friends, also Facebook Live. If you guys are listening back to the audio podcast through iTunes and iHeartRadio, thank you so much for subscribing and make sure that you, if you haven't yet, make sure that you do go to worshipteamtraining.com and click on the podcast tab and subscribe to this podcast so that way you get all the updates by audio, sitting on a bus, driving a car, whatever. You get to see all this stuff and you're good to go. Uh, also, we got some new things coming. A brand new website, worshipteentraining.com. We'll be launching soon. Pelton, what's up? We got a lot of great friends coming in. Jeff Henderson, what's up? Harden, Jeff, what's up? Been a long time, my brother. Uh, a lot of great friends coming up on um, Instagram. Thanks so much. My name is Brandon Dempsey. I'm a follower of Jesus and founder and CEO of Worship Team Training. And what do we do? Well, exactly that. We train worship teams and worship leaders just like you by a Friday and Saturday conference just for your team, private or public. And uh, we train all music, everything from worship leading to vocal, leadership, you name it. And we customize it especially for you. So check out everything back at worshipteentraining.com slash workshops. Also, we have a mentoring program. You would be interested in for you worship leaders and up-and-coming leaders. Check that out also at worshipteentraining.com. Last but not least, our university program at wttu.co. That is an on-demand membership for worship leaders and teams. I'll talk more about that later. People are positioned. That is the question. People are positioned. You, as a worship leader, what does that mean for you? Guys, go ahead and chime on in and just as usual, please insert your comment below the video feed. And if you're listening about audio playback, thank you for sending your comments because we've been getting them. Please continue to do that. So that way, as we roll on with today's topic, you never know if you are having something to say uh, that may be inspiring or it may lead others to question. And that's always a good thing to do. So uh, please make sure that you send your questions, your comments. What is this like for you in leadership by being a worship leader? We've had a lot of talk about that. And I also want to remind you that you want to come back and watch tomorrow's show at 12 p.m. Central with Dustin Smith. Great worship leader, songwriter is going to be joining us. He wrote the song Miracles and a lot of other great songs. We're going to have him tomorrow. Can't wait. And for members, you guys can check out the link of his article right now if you log in. So get right to it. As a worship leader, you have been placed in a position and responsibilities with lots to do. There is no question. If you're a worship leader, it, besides being a pastor, is one of the most hardest things to do. Besides children and youth and, you know, mechanical ministry. Driving the bus, that's hard too. Hey, it's out there. I wouldn't want to be doing that. 
sometimes I wouldn't want to be doing anything else either. But what I'm saying is that overall, if you're a ministry, it is hard work. Why? Because you're having to deal with people. You're having to deal with relationships. All the inconsistencies, the yuckiness, the things that go along with, man, how do I present this to a person? How do I tell this person that they're not going to sing this weekend? Or what do I say to the one guitar player who got left out of the one song? All these crazy things that just drive you nuts. So that's the question that I have for you. Go ahead and chime in. Let us know what drives you nuts about your team, working with your team. Now, Keep in mind, like in in any kind of broadcast that we do here, uh, we ask that you be respectable about churches, team members, and uh, what we're really about is just gaining a consensus of thought to help each other as we do what's called leading worship. So please be respectable, and um, we ask that you would just give us, what's up, Rock Church, if you guys would also just give us your input. What are the things that you struggle with? What are the things that you struggle with in your worship team? And I'm talking about relationships, okay? Now, look, we get tons of emails from you guys and messages about, hey, how do I do this with my team? Uh, What about that member over here, how they're playing, how they're singing? And we address a lot of that. We, We have a lot of these issues that we do talk and teach and instruct on Worship Team Training University. And you can find a lot of 800-plus articles and videos on that site. And we have questions about, you know, how do I deal with a drummer that is not playing in time? Okay, but how do I deal with the drummer who's not only playing in time, but who's also got an attitude that's out of time? How do you deal with that? Now, I want to hear from you. So what, again, I asked a question, what are some of the challenges? What's your biggest beef about People in your worship team. Now, you don't have to be a worship leader to participate in this game, but we're opening it all up because the idea is that the more that we talk about not what it is, but how we can avoid it or make it better or what the solution or what is the victory, that's what we're after. So, again, thank you guys for coming into our brand new show here at 12 p.m. on every Wednesday, just to reiterate that. So is it about people or position? We've been given authority and we've been called to use our gifts to help others, to lift up others, but not for that same power to put down others. Do you see that? Let's go. Open it up. Let's open up the gates right now. Abigail, sweetheart, how are you? She is a member of WTTU. And she says on Facebook Live, people who are scheduled on odd or even weeks as they block off time on their scheduled week and there is no one to replace them. Oh, can we go there? Can we jump into that? So that means, does that also, Abigail, mean for people who hit the, I don't know, the red decline button on Planning Center? Um, Yeah, so you have people in your team that don't tell you when they're going to be out until the week of, oh, yeah, by the way, I got to travel. Or they do hit the decline button and they don't give you a reason. And you're on the other end going, okay, we don't have another bass player. In fact, I don't think we have a bass player. Uh, It was a keyboard player. You know, you're going through all these things, checklists in your head. How do you deal with that as a leader? Okay, so let's first address that topic. Abigail, thank you for your question. And we're just kind of doing a roundabout thing. I mean, I have some topics and some um, questions that I'm putting out to you guys right now. 
if you're watching through Facebook Live, and thank you so much for that. Uh, if you're watching by Instagram, I'll just go to our uh, worshipteentraining.com. I'm sorry, facebook.com slash worshipteentraining page, and you can see what I'm posting right now. And uh, you'll get more on that later. But when it comes to, uh, let's say, I'm going to uh, do something real quick. When it comes to your team and you have people that delete themselves from that week, how, how do you deal with that is the question. I know worship leaders that call me up and they're like, Brandon, I'm frustrated because this is the third time that this drummer or this singer has bowed out and I don't know what to do. Okay, so let's address that issue. When you have people that wait to the last minute, last minute Larry's, number one, I would make uh, – be in control is what I'm saying. Be in charge of yourself. It's very, very easy for us to even take it personally. Now, I know that happens. They hit the decline or they say, hey, I'm not going to be there. And the first thought that can run through your mind is, what did I do? Is there a reason why they not like me? Was it last week that I told them not to sing or they sang too loudly or something happened and the audio guy and now they're not coming? Is it me? Okay, let's just debunk that theory right now. It's not you, okay? I'm just saying it. Now, we are responsible for what we do in leadership. And if you or I have caused a problem, it's our responsibility to own up to it and fix it, period. But 80% of the time, if it's not you, which generally I always hike it up to 90% because it's really the recipient and how they respond to it. We're responsible for how we communicate. But if you have people at the last minute that cancel on you, don't go to the default setting of it's me. I'm the problem. I, I can't tell you how many worship leaders that have come to me and just said, Brandon, what is it that I'm doing wrong? And I said, no, what is it that you're doing right? Because the more that we heap on ourselves about the negativity, that's the only thing that's going to weigh you down. So then when you get that rejection planning center email well that's the first thing that hits you in the gut why go there the way i see it is this i give my team the benefit of the doubt if they're not there there's a reason why they're not there that's it it's it's not for me to pry into their lives and find out okay are they going to are they really going to that soccer game i don't need to do that as a leader that's micromanaging so what now but so what right they're scheduled for that week, and they're supposed to be there, and they do opt out on you, well, you know, it, it is worth a phone call or a text and just say, hey, I noticed that you're not going to be here. Can you tell me what's going on? Um, open and communication is what you need to have with your team. And I think one of the things that helps head this off, this is something that I'm doing within our own church, and I'm very excited, by the way, brand new church, Upwards Church in Austin, Woohoo! You guys that are watching right now, uh, also they're members. They just came in. We brought them into the membership of WTTU. Uh, we have three campuses right now in Austin, and so we're you know our job is to uh, my job is to oversee these worship leaders and work with them. Their job is to carry that out and to work with their teams. And so this happens. You're going to have people that are going to come at you, and you know they're not going to show that weekend. How do you deal with that? Again, I said don't personalize it. Don't think that it's you. Secondly, send them a message and ask the reason. Say, hey, I noticed that you're down, and I just want to know, is everything okay? 
I, I would not start off by saying, hey, you're supposed to be here. I, I mean, you don't know what's going on in their lives. Just simply say, hey, is everything okay? I'm, I'm praying for you, and I notice that you declined. I, I just want to check up on you. That's the number one. That's my go-to because you don't know what's really going on. Now, what about the question? As like what you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of digging in a little bit to what Abigail uh, was uh, asking going a little bit further. They uh, they block off time in their schedule. There's no one to replace them. Well, here's what here's what we do. And we make this a policy, and this is something that you need to go over with you as a, a worship leader to other worship leaders or your pastor or whoever, and you want to get by in with the whole leadership team. We make a policy where if you are going to be off a of rotation that week, it's also your responsibility to find somebody that week. That's right. So what happens is we transfer the responsibility back on them. I know if, if I'm the guitar player at the second campus, let's say, and they scheduled me to play. And I say, oh, well, I can't be there because i got to go to California or something. It's my responsibility. It's not the worship leaders. It's my responsibility because if I signed up for the worship team, right, if I signed up for the worship team to play guitar or whatever, then I'm signing up for that responsibility. It's my... I'm in charge, and I need to... Be the one to say, you know what, I'm going to be out. However, I'm going to hook you up with John over here. John's a great guy, great player. He's going to come in and, and either lead or play guitar. So that is something that I do personally, and that's something that we do as a team. So when I have uh, Jimmy, he was our tech director and assist, uh, uh, assistant worship leader director, title, whatever, right? We're going to talk about that too. Titles really don't matter. But Jimmy calls and just says, hey, you know, so and so is going to be out. No problem. We schedule and we make sure that that person finds somebody else to fill their spot. Now, let's go to the third step. And again, I'm digging in a little bit and um, to Abigail about the question. Let's say there's no one to replace them, but let's say they are habitual in hitting the decline button or habitual and taking them, blocking their calendar off and they're never available. All right, I'm right now working with the worship leader in our mentoring program right now who's got that problem, okay? And so my encouragement to them is to come alongside to that person. Let's say they've been, you know, they've been absent for three, four weeks now and you're kind of wondering, hey, what's up? Do the same thing. Don't take it personally. Send them a message, and you, and you may have already at this point. Maybe you already did, and maybe you got the response back of, well, I'm just busy, or you didn't get a response at all. I would personally seek that person out and either speak with them after rehearsal or ask them to come earlier prior to rehearsal, like 30 minutes before rehearsal, or if they're busy because, I mean, look, we're worship leaders. Either you're full-time or not. Um, a lot of us have jobs during the day, during the week. You can't do that. Meet them for coffee if you can. Drive out to where they are, whatever. Meet them for coffee and say, hey, I noticed that you weren't on the schedule uh, for four weeks now. Can you tell me? Again, ask the question. Tell me what's going on. Most of the time you'll find out that it has nothing to do with you. But if it does, that's a great place and a great setting for that to come out. What you don't want is when you're in the moment of trying to lead worship or at rehearsal and you have people 
and you ask the questions to that person, hey, why aren't you here? You're supposed to be here. At that point, you're open for a, probably a conversation that you don't want to have or that you may regret. It's way easier to pull them to the side. Abigail, she, Abigail right here, uh, she was a student, still is, but a student in her mentoring program. I had to walk her through this as well. And you get with that person because you never know their life story. You never know what they may be going through. Maybe they do have a beef with somebody on the team. Well, then you're, you got to create a safe environment for them to vent that out. And for you as the leader, you may be thinking, yeah, Brandon, but I'm really not a people person. And I really don't like getting into those kind of yucky things. Well, you know what? You signed up for it by being a worship leader. When you're a leader, you got a target on your back because you are the leader. And this is like what I said uh, three weeks ago, a quote from John McCain that I love. He says that anything that's going to become great, if you want to go beyond, it's going to hurt. So that means that us as leaders, it's going to hurt. To make things great, you are going to experience these relational tidal waves. But you have to learn how to just do something what I call very simple. I grew up surfing, duck dive. Duck dive under the wave. When you see the people wave coming, duck dive means that you just go low, be humble, go slow. That's it. Be low, be humble, go slow. Hey, I'm sorry that you're going through that. Hey, I hear what you're saying. That totally makes sense to me. Hey, here's a question. What do you think would be the best thing for you to do? The beauty about all that is that you let them decide. A good leader lets people decide where they want to be, not where they should be. That's the difference. Um, Nieves, thank you so much, De Rivera. Uh, she says, this is a great dynamic to make within the group on retreat or devotional. Thank you so much. Uh, maybe we should write that. Cassandra, who is watching right now on Instagram, Cassandra is one of our new devotional team writers and yay uh, once we get everything relocated from our studios you're gonna you are guys you are gonna be seeing a lot more devotionals come out on bible.com so be ready I'm just telling you and also uh, members wttu uh, we are getting back to the content of videos and everything else so just fyi so let's ask i ask you the question now when it comes to leadership i open it up i open the can of worms up this way how important is your title how important is the title worship leader? I know for some of us, it can have a, well, a title of respect. I know when I was younger and I had the word worship leader over me, it was kind of like, I mean, honestly, I didn't feel good at the moment because I thought, you know, we mean Worship leader, lead, lead what exactly? I was younger. We didn't call ourselves worship leaders back then. You know, it's kind of funny dating myself. But what I'm trying to say is, the title itself is insignificant in compared to your character, your actions, your integrity. That's what people look for. I know there's a lot of thought out there that you have to be this, you got to be that, you got to have this appearance. Right, We do our worship leader hair. There, you got it for me. We make our social feeds just right. We got to Instagram the right picture because everything's based on image. Titles do the same thing. Well, I'm the worship leader of this big church. 
I mean, I even said to you on the broadcast, I'm the worship pastor over three campuses. Well, but that's also factual. It's not, well, I'm the worship leader of this, and I coordinate that, and I do this. And, you know, when you start getting into that rabbit trail, uh, the question really does become, are you sure that you're putting your people last behind your title? When you are a worship leader, I've said this before, you're not leading worship. You're leading relationships. When you're leading worship, you are leading a response to God. I define worship as a response to God according to who he is through Scripture. This is something that we talk universally all through our workshops that we visit these churches and talk about in our university program. Worship is a response to who God is according to Scripture. Leading worship is leading people in that same response. But when you're leading people, you're leading the relationships in that room. It's not the us versus them thing. You are saying, hey, let's come together as one people to worship our one God, our, the one true God. That's it. And so when we lead the term worship leader, it just means that you're the lead worshiper. I mean, take the title away. The thing is, I think we live in, in, in this society, and I think that you can agree that we are, and you may disagree, great, but we're living in a very insecure society. We're afraid of who we are. We're afraid of who we're not. There's a question about who we're supposed to be. There are questions about who we're not supposed to be. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that clearly you are a child of God. Jesus prayed that we would be one with God, one with the Spirit, one with himself, just as Jesus is one with the Father. That comes from John. Paul talks about this um, in the epistles, about how we are one body of many members. So when you look at the term worship leader through those lenses, I hope that it reminds you and I that we may be a leader but we're just a member of the body. We just happen to be the, the hand or the eye or whatever. But we can't say to one another, I have no need of you. And I think that's what happens when we start caring too much about what we do as opposed to who we are and who we are to people. When it comes to your team, how are you caring for your people? That's the other question too. When it comes to your team... How are you caring for your people? In other words, are you more concerned about your people showing up on time and just getting through the music and doing the job? Or are you more concerned about the life in which they're living and making sure that they're spiritually healthy? I know for a lot of us, um, again, I'll say it, it's, it's yucky. It's a yucky business um, to be... Uh, a people person to be involved in people's lives, but and it doesn't mean either that you hang over people and that you try to find out every detail of what they're doing right or wrong. No, that's not. We're not the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit's job, not us. But what is our job is to relate with our people and to you know strip the title away, so to speak, and to care about what's going on. So, you know, you spend after rehearsal those extra 10 minutes 
talking with your bass player or talking with your singer who maybe they had a loss. Maybe they experienced something dynamic at home. Maybe you take that extra 30 minutes on the phone with somebody early in the morning or late in the afternoon and just say, hey, what can I pray for? Not a, hey, you need to make sure you show up to rehearsal on time. It's more of a, hey, how is your family? How, how is your dad? How are your children? Because, you know, when you start caring more for your people, they start recognizing how much you care. And as a byproduct for your team, your team will become healthy and people will start showing up on time. They will start practicing music. They will start going through all the functions of what needs to be done. Because why? Because of you. You are the reason why your people are there. And they enjoy worship. They enjoy being on the team because of you. Or they're running from the team because of you. So what kind of leader are you and what kind are your people? Third question, and chime in anytime, please, anyone. And if I'm wrong, correct me. Worship leader does not mean worship dictator. We kind of covered that a little bit already, but worship leader does not mean worship dictator. You got to have you as a worship leader. I want this spotlight here and this monitor this high, and I want this tone coming out from the hollow body guitar and with this synth loop over it. And it's one thing to give direction to the band and to your tech, but it's another thing when you're trying to hand sculpt every single fiber of what happens within that making. And it's almost as if people should just get up from their spots and let you take over and just go ahead and you just multiply yourself like Jesus did to 5,000. Multiply 5,000 of your own self and do it yourself. Then why would you need a worship team, right? So let people put their artistic touch on it. We covered this what, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about songwriting. And one question, and I'll say it again, one question was, yeah, but how do you deal with the songwriter in the room that comes up with a not-so-good idea? It's going to happen. It's going to happen when you lead worship. It's going to happen in rehearsal. Somebody, you're laughing now, right? Somebody has already saying to you in that last rehearsal or Sunday of, man, I wish we did it this way. Or, or they, let's say me. They say, hey, Brandon, how about, how about we... Um, I don't know. Instead of starting with the chorus, we start with the bridge of the song. And my thought is, well, okay. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't understand how that would connect because in my opinion, I may not think it's a good idea. But as a leader, here's the difference. Instead of telling them no and dictating, no, we should just do the chorus as it is because I said so, because I'm the worship leader. See where I'm going with this? Let your people make the mistakes and make the successes and celebrate together. So to the one band member I had one weekend who said, hey, let's start with the bridge. I thought, you know, um, yeah, I'm kind of having a tough time connecting the dots, but how about we try it? So I said to the team, hey, so-and-so had this idea about doing this. How about we try it? What's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> And I think that's just it. What's the, really, what's the worst thing that can happen? People leave the church? No. Worship falls apart? No. God's not going to show up? No. So let them have the idea. So I turned to him, the gentleman and said, okay, hey, let's start, let's start the song with the bridge. And wouldn't you know it, it turned out to be the best stinking idea we had that morning. In fact, it was so good that 
we had people coming up to us after the service saying, hey, I love that song. I never heard that before. And we're like, well, that's the same song we've been doing 50 times. We just did it in a different way. And they're like, oh, you know, now that goes to show you, too, that your church people, they're not paying attention to all the details like you think you are. Next question. So where is the real fight? Where is the real fight? Is it really with your people and your team that you want to do things your way? Or maybe it's the real fight you. I have to ask that question to myself every day when I look into the mirror. All right, Brandon, what's your problem? Why is it that you see it that way? And I got to bring it before God because I'm accountable to myself. I'm accountable to God. Nobody else. My wife, my children, they come first. I got to look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, messed up here. God, I need you to fix it there. Lord, you're in charge. I'm not. God, I need you to fix my heart. God, I need you to get my attention and pull it together and make the right choice. It starts with you. It starts with me. I think that's the real fight is the vulnerability for us to be humble and to say, you know what? I messed up. You know what? This did not go well. You know what? I don't have all the answers. You know what? I don't know how this is going to turn out. But how about we have fun and learn together as we do it and let God have victory? That's what I said to our creative team when we met last week. We had different ideas and opinions about one song. And I just said, you know what? We won't know until we try. And if it doesn't work, we'll do something else. And they were kind of like, okay. And so what do we do? We went through rehearsal. We did the song. And wow. I mean, wow. The spirit was moving. Musicians and singers were moving. We had a different slower tempo than usual. We did the song, uh, you may be asking, um, Psalm 23, I'm Not Alone by People in Songs. Beautiful, beautiful song. Jenny, thank you. And Crystal Will Yates, thank you for writing that song. Beautiful. Love it. We did the song. And man, in the service, it was like, I mean, just God just had all of us just sailing in worship. It was just, it was a moment that I'll never forget. Now, have we said on the front side, no, this is not going to work. No, no, no. I want it this way. Who knows? We might not have ever experienced that moment. It doesn't mean that God wouldn't have been praised. It would have been something different. But because we were willing to face the right thing and make the right choice, God was honored. No matter what, he's honored, even when we fail. Last question that I have for you. We're going to wrap it up. Where is God calling your attention to? People or position? See, you have a choice. Each of us have choices. You end up in life. You arrive at the point of life where you are based upon those choices. So as a worship leader, what kind of choices are you making? Not to get the point, not to get from point A to point B, but in the middle. No, I'm not going to sing that song. I'm sorry. It popped in my head. I'm not going to do it. The idea is you and I need to make logical, rational choices that make sense for your people, not for you. Your people come first, not your position. It's the hearts in the room not the songs on the page. And the more and more that you and I get that right, according to scripture, then the more and more we become that ministry 
and become that oneness that Jesus had prayed for. Guys, I love you. Thanks so much for coming in. Hey, you want to be sure to check out Dustin tomorrow. Dustin Smith is going to join us at 12 p.m. right here. Make sure that you become a member at WTTU and experience his teaching as well as unlimited webinars, unlimited videos, articles. You can see it all right there at WTTU.co. I want to leave you with a, um, two scripture verses right here, 1 Timothy 2, 2, that says, For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And then this is my favorite, favorite chapter verse from Hebrews thirteen seventeen: Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Here's my winning point. I love it says, do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden for that would not be of no benefit to you. Wow. Most people identify that verse as talking to a church member. I identify that verse as talking to me as a leader. Because I have to serve my pastor. And if you're not partnering with your pastor, you're not doing ministry. You're just doing songs. Make sure you partner with your pastor. You partner with your people holistically and holy. You don't have to agree with every single thing that people do. That's semantics. It's not a big deal. But you got to focus on what the right deal is for your church. Because you have lives that you're leading every week, not songs. Love you guys. Thanks so much for coming in. Jeff Deo on the 20th next Thursday is going to be with us. And also this coming Sunday on the 16th, a brand new edition of the Word of the Week. Don't miss that. You can get the Word of the Week by downloading, by subscribing to us on iTunes and iHeartRadio, Worship Team Training. Plus, members will have the special Word of the Week article that also will post this coming Sunday. We got more stuff coming up. Uh, make sure that you go back to worshipteamtraining.com and also wttu.co slash events and see all that we have. Friends, thank you so much for coming in. Our great friends on Instagram, Facebook Live, iTunes, iHeart, blah, all of it. And we love you. Thanks so much for coming. We love you so much. Have a great, blessed week. And we'll see you guys back very, very soon. Bye. This has been a Worship Team Training broadcast and digital production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com.